0: Mark 7:14 is where we'll start. When you get it, say got it. got it. All right, good deal. Let's read through the word and then we'll pray. Summoning the crowd again, he told them, "Listen to me, all of you and understand. Nothing that goes into a person from outside can defile him. but the things that come out of a person are what defile him. If anyone has ears to hear, he should listen. When he went into the house, away from the crowd, the disciples asked him about the parable. And he said to them, Are you also as lacking in understanding? Don't you realize that nothing going into a man from the outside can defile him? For it doesn't go into his heart, but into the stomach and is eliminated. As a result, he made all foods clean. Then he said, What comes out of a person that defiles him? For from within, out of, the, out of people's hearts, come evil thoughts, sexual immoralities, thefts, murders, adulteries, greed, evil actions, deceit, promiscuity, stinginess, blasphemy, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a person. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning and I thank you for these words. And I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would just speak through me and to each one of us today that we would learn from your word, that we would get something from it, that you just would give me the words to say this morning. And God, I pray that you hide me behind the cross and I pray that you'd be glorified in everything that's said and done in this service today. In Jesus' name I pray Amen. Amen. We had last week left off where Jesus... Uh, was dealing with some Pharisees and some scribes who had come and they were questioning Jesus' disciples because they did not wash their hands uh, before they ate. Now this was not a command that God had given to the people. Uh, But as we discussed last week, there were many commands that the people had made up. The Pharisees would kind of uh, build a fence around the law and take one extra step. As we said last week, if you tell me not to touch the pulpit, well, I might add the, uh, the rule. I shouldn't even stand on the podium, even though that's not what you told me to do, even though that wasn't the original rule. And so the Pharisees would make these rules around the rules and rules around the rules around the rules. And they would expect everyone else to follow these same rules, these traditions. And that's what Jesus said they were. They were not commands of God. They were traditions that were man-made. Now, they weren't necessarily always bad traditions. Washing your hands before you eat is not a bad thing. Most of us probably do that. Uh, But the problem of the Pharisees is they were condemning others who didn't do it, even though it wasn't a command of God. And so Jesus uh, kind of called them out, and he called them hypocrites, which was a pretty stern language for Jesus to use. And he said, look, why are you disregarding God's command, and in turn, more concerned with following the traditions of men? Now, that's a danger that we have to look out for today in our lives, that we don't ever get caught in the trap that is traditions. There may be traditions that we like to do, and it's okay if you like to do those traditions, so long as they don't control you. But we must also realize that others may not hold those traditions as near and dear as us. And so if they're not commands of God, if other people don't take part in those traditions, well, we must not call them out for it. That's what these Pharisees were doing to Jesus' disciples, and Jesus corrected them. Now, they were really concerned about what was on the outside, not just with the washing of the hands, but in many aspects of of what the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes did. Uh, We see throughout the scriptures that they were very worried about what their appearance looked like. Did they look like religious people? Did they look the part? And they did look like religious people, but they did not look like godly people. They were doing a lot of religious things, but they weren't doing uh, all the godly things they should do. And so we see this, uh, this kind of trend throughout the New Testament of these who were coming against Jesus, and they look, they look really good on the outside, and they really say the right thing, but they're, they're missing what's on the inside. And they, were, they, they, they just never did get it, some of them. Some of them did, of course. Uh, but there were obviously many who didn't get it because they continued to come against Jesus uh, throughout his ministry. Now, in this passage that we look at today, uh, Jesus is continuing on uh, after all of those things that I just mentioned that we talked about uh, last week. And so after uh, he had kind of told the Pharisees what was what, in verse 14, summoning the crowd again, he told them, listen to me, all of you, and understand, nothing that goes into a person from outside can defile him, but the things that come out of a person are what defile him if anyone has ears to hear, he should listen. Now, that phrase is good for us today because we're listening to God's Word. We all have ears. I hope everybody's listening. If we have ears, then we need to listen to what Jesus is saying. He says here, look, it's not what goes into a person that defiles him. It's what's on the inside and comes out. That's what defiles somebody. Now, in the context, what we're talking about here is we're talking about, we're talking about being clean from food. He's, he's speaking uh, about washing hands and making sure that, that you're cleaned up before you eat. That was the issue that the Pharisees had. So when he says here, it's not what goes into a person that defiles him. He's speaking in the context of what take, is taking place here. Now, as, as with many scriptures, we could, I believe, maybe read a little bit too much into what Jesus is saying here. Uh, I don't believe what Jesus is saying is that nothing that goes into us doesn't defile us. In that, the things that we, that we take in. For example... Uh, the things we watch, the things we listen to, uh, the people we surround ourselves with. Well, if we watch bad things and listen to bad things and read bad things, then those things that we are taking into us, they may have some effect on us. They may uh, cause us to go into a temptation which will lead us into sin. I don't think that Jesus is just making a blank blanket statement here that you can look at what you want, you can read what you want, you can watch what you want, you can say what you want, or, or, or any of those things whatever you want on the outside it's all outside stuff it's not gonna fix you I don't think that uh, Jesus was making an absolute statement about all things that surround us but in the context he was talking about food here he was dealing with the issue at hand look if you eat a few germs it's okay that's not going to make you sinful uh, before God and that's the context in which Jesus is talking He's also not not pretending to be a doctor here and speaking in absolutes when it comes to a sanitary and hygiene concerns. And Jesus is not saying uh, that, that no germ that we ever intake in our body will ever have an effect on us. Of course, we know that that's just not the case. If you, uh, if you eat germs or eat things that are unhealthy or that are dangerous, well, they may make you sick. That's true, if you've ever uh, been somewhere, in particularly a foreign country, uh, you may know that you need to really watch what you eat or watch what you drink. I remember when we went to Haiti those couple of times. uh, We had to watch what we ate and we couldn't drink the water that came from the well because there was all kind of stuff in there. Now the people in Haiti had kind of uh, built some immunities to it, it didn't affect them maybe in the same way that it would have affected us. If we would have drank that water, guess what? We would have probably gotten sick Now, again, Jesus is not making an absolute statement here uh, about hygiene, saying, all right, eat what you want, drink what you want, and you'll never get sick. He's dealing with the context of what's taking place here. So we don't want to take too much from what Jesus is saying in this passage. What he's saying in this passage is when it comes to food and drink and when it comes to our spiritual state that if we eat without washing our hands, it's not going to affect us. He's making this point to make his main point here in the next few verses and clarify what he's really talking about. He's using uh, the digestive tract here uh, as an illustration uh, to make his point and to get it across. And let's read a little further. Verse 17. When he went into the house, away from the crowd, the disciples asked him about the parable. And he said to them, Are you also lacking in understanding? Now, the the disciples in particular throughout Mark's account and what he writes of them, they always seem like they're never quite sure. Uh, Even though they see all the things that Jesus did, even the disciples don't quite grasp all that Jesus does and the significance of it. Now, I didn't point this out when we were talking about Jesus walking on water a few weeks back, but, but when Jesus came to them walking on water, and even when they came into the boat, they were astonished. And in Matthew's account, they said, you really are the Son of God. It's amazing to me that even at that point in, this far into Jesus' ministry, they were still amazed, and, and it was, they were still saying things like, oh, now we realize you really are the Son of God. Jesus had already raised people from the dead, he had already healed the sick, he had, they had just seen him just a few days before that incident, uh, 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 feed thousands of people with just a few loaves and a couple of fish, and now they see Jesus walking on the water, and they're still, you can see there's still some doubt or uncertainty or lack of understanding there. Now, even though they don't understand everything that goes on, and it kind of goes over their head, there's a difference between the Pharisees and Sadducees and the scribes and the disciples. The Pharisees and scribes and the uh, Sadducees, they don't understand what's going on, and they hate Jesus far. They're not trying to seek him or, or, or draw closer to him or trying to understand it. The, the disciples, on the other hand, they see these things that are going on, and they also don't always understand what Jesus is saying or why he's saying it. But boy, they, are, they realize that there is something about Jesus. They know as we see in the story of Jesus walking on water, at least at that point, they realize, hey, you really are the Son of God. And even still, after all of that happened, Jesus is teaching these things to them, and there's a disconnect there. Now, we've probably, some of us at least, if not all of us, have read these scriptures once or maybe multiple times, And boy, we read it, we instantly know from as soon as we start reading it. Oh, I know what Jesus is talking about there. Uh, This is what he's talking about. He's talking about spiritual stuff. He's talking about the heart. He's not worried about what we eat. And we get that because maybe we've heard sermons about it or maybe we've read it ourselves, And so we instantly understand it. And it's that way with many of these stories and parables that we read of Jesus. But we have to remember that when these people that were with Jesus were hearing these things, this was the first time they had heard them and so it may not have been quite as clear to them and we say well how could they not get that well it was the first time they had heard it and they, their mind really might not have been working in that way our minds are kind of trained and tuned and we kind of we kind of have an idea and an understanding of how jesus talks and how he teaches and so we kind of piece those things together but for these who were hearing jesus they were hearing these things for the first time and so even though the apostles were following jesus and they were trusting him They still didn't quite understand what was going on, but Jesus was always faithful to explain it to them. He was always faithful to let them know, okay, here's how you understand this. I'm gonna tell you what it means. Now, Jesus, I believe, would have told those Pharisees and those scribes what it meant too. Should they have wanted to hear, he would have said, let me explain it to you. But there were many people of Jesus' day who didn't want to hear. They heard what he said, and then they turned around and they walked off because it was too hard. They either didn't want to believe it or either they didn't want to accept it because it was too hard of a teaching. And many people in Jesus' day walked off. Others hung around. After the crowds dispersed, after some people began to leave, there were, there were some that would hang around and they wanted to know, what does that mean? I wanna know a little more. Now we have to make the same decision today. We can read God's word for ourselves, or we can hear it talk to us or we can hear it preached to us, and we have to make a decision, okay, what am I going to do with it? I don't really understand what the Sunday school teacher said this morning. I don't really understand what the preacher said. I read a whole chapter last night, and I don't really understand what I read. Those are probably things that we all say. We probably all have had those experiences. But the difference is, what do we do with the things that we don't understand? Do we say, well, that's too hard. I don't care anything about it. ...and leave and never look at God's Word again or never uh, come to church again? Or do we say, I don't understand that, but God, I know that your Word is true. God, I don't understand that, but God, help me to understand it. I want to understand it. And God is good to do that. Sometimes it takes a little while. Sometimes it may take years for a passage that you are not sure about... ...for God to kind of give you some insight and finally tie it together with other scriptures. God is pretty good about helping us to have the understanding we desire... Although sometimes there are scriptures that we don't understand, and well, we just don't understand them. Uh, there's no doubt some questions and things that you don't understand, and myself as well, and we probably will go to the grave not understanding those things. But I trust that God's Word is true. And if I don't understand it, it's not God's fault, it's my fault. I just don't have the, the comprehension or the ability. But who knows, maybe one day the Lord will reveal those questions to us and help us to understand those things that we want to understand. If we seek him and that's what the disciples did they stuck by Jesus even though they didn't always understand what he was saying and Jesus even asked him here He even told him look are you also still lacking in understanding well they were and sometimes you and I are but praise the Lord that God's word is good enough that if we continue to, to seek it out and search it out that it always points us in the right direction it always helps us to understand things better if we continue to seek the Lord. Are you also lacking in understanding? Don't you realize that nothing going into a man from the outside can defile him? For it doesn't go into his heart, but into the stomach and is eliminated. Now, Jesus here is explaining, he's making the transition to explain to them what he's talking about. He's been talking in terms of the digestive tract here about, oh, yeah, things go in and they come out. We all understand how that works. Jesus said that's not not of any real significance when it comes to your walk with the Lord, when it comes to being a righteous person, a godly person, uh, being someone who's going to serve the Lord. It doesn't matter if you wash your hands. Like that kind of stuff doesn't make any difference. Those traditions of of men that we follow, like those things are are neither going to save you or condemn you. Those are just things. Some of them are good things, some of them are bad things, but those are just things. Jesus makes the transition here to what he really is talking about. He explains to his apostles here, so that they can understand the point that he's trying to make. And he says, it doesn't go into the heart. There's the key phrase there. Jesus Mm -hmm is using this illustration about digestion. Uh, uh, he's using the illustration to bring forth uh, some, some light on the heart. And that's what Jesus always focuses on as we look at Jesus' uh, ministry. He always wants to point people to the heart of what really matters, not what's on the outside, not the outward actions, but what's in the heart. And so he says, look, whatever you eat, if you eat some germs, well, it's gonna be digested and it's gonna be eliminated, Uh, there's no problem there. Now, this next part of the verse is a part that's worth mentioning because it can cause some confusion or misunderstanding. Depending on your translation, uh, it may say a couple of different things. Now, mine here says, as a result, he made all foods clean. Uh, Some of your translations say something to the effect of purifying all foods. Now, this is a difficult phrase to interpret in the Greek. I say that not really knowing any Greek whatsoever, only using what tools and books I have uh, that I can use to study Greek. But I can say with certainty, after doing quite a bit of research, among experts who do claim to know Greek well, that this must be a difficult thing to interpret. Uh, Because uh, there are people who claim to be... good in the Greek that say, no, it should say, as a result, Jesus made all foods clean. And there are some that say, no, it shouldn't say that phrase. It should say something totally different. Now, the reason why I even point this out is because uh, this particular uh, uh, idea of are Christians today allowed to eat all food is something that you may hear from time to time. Now, with that being said, I do believe that we are free to eat all food today if we are Christians. However, I do realize that there are other Christians who would disagree with me on that point, and to that I would say, uh, live under your own convictions. While I do believe that we as Christians are free to eat whatever we would like to eat today because we are under Jesus Christ and not the law, uh, while I believe that, I don't necessarily believe that this verse is a good proof text for that Uh, As a result, he made all foods clean, or as a result, all things were purified or something to that effect. Uh, I believe in the context of what we're talking about here, he's probably speaking about what he just said. Look, when food goes into you, it's eliminated, and it's all took care of. There's no clean or dirty after that. It's just done away with. And that's probably, I think, what Jesus is saying here, although the possibility remains that this could be a point where Jesus was saying that he made all foods clean for Christians to eat. That's another topic for another time, but I did want to address that since that may be a question that may arise in your mind with differences in the, uh, in the translations there. Then he said in verse 20, What comes out of a person, that defiles it. Now, he's made that shift, and when he talks about what comes out of a person, he's talking about what comes out of the heart. Now, the disciples are trying to make sense of all this. Uh, They're trying to make sense of of what Jesus is saying, and thankfully, Jesus is, is good to explain to them in very clear detail exactly what he's saying. And we ourselves are probably trying to make sense of things that God's word says too. And so here are these disciples. They're trying to make sense of everything. And Jesus is going to explain to them what he means by what uh, is within that comes out. That is what defiles somebody. In verse 21, for from within, out of people's hearts, come Evil thoughts, sexual immoralities, thefts, murders, adulteries, greeds, evil actions, deceit, promiscuity, stinginess, blasphemy, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a person. Now that's quite a list of things that Jesus lists there. Uh, that probably pretty much covers all of us. We probably have found ourselves to be guilty of one of those things or multiple of those things. The real problem that Jesus is addressing in his ministry is the problem of the heart because our hearts are just black as soot. They are just full of covered with sin. We have all of this evil that is within us and Jesus says, that's what you got to take care of. That's what you got to look out for. Don't get so concerned with all the things on the outside. Don't be concerned with just being religious. Jesus says you got to look deeper than religion. You got to look to your heart because there's a problem in your life. There's a problem in my life. There's a problem in everybody's life. And that problem is sin. And Jesus says that comes from within us. In our heart, there are these evil thoughts and these evil actions that we ultimately carry out and these things that we do that we shouldn't do. And all of that, Jesus said, comes from within. And so if we have a problem that comes from within, then we can't deal with it from the outside. We have to deal with it from within. Our heart has to change from within. As dirty and nasty as our heart may be and covered with sin as our lives may be, we cannot Uh, make that heart clean by anything that we can do on the outside. Now that's the problem with the Pharisees that we're reading about in this passage is they were often guilty of trying to do everything by looking good on the outside. They wanted to look the part. Again that's a danger that we can all fall into so we must stay on our guard. We don't, we're not cleansed of our sins or we're not made whole or not forgiven Uh, We're not made as white as snow because we come to church on a regular basis, because we give money in the offering plate because we uh, come to Sunday school, because we come every night of revival. Uh, we, We are not forgiven of our sins for any of those things. None of those things cleanse our heart. What cleanses our heart is the blood of Jesus Christ and Christ crucified. That's how we take the darkness and the dinginess and the evil and the sin that's within us, and that's how it is made clean. We take what's within us and we say, Jesus, come within me and clean this up. And Jesus wants us to focus on our heart and allow him to come in and clean everything up. That's what Jesus wants. That's what he wants through his whole ministry. He wants us to examine the heart. I mention the Sermon on the Mount all the time because it's so good and you need to read it. Matthew 5 through 7, you can see Jesus dealing with just these types of things. He brings out the point of the heart. He wants the people who are listening to him to look at their heart and you and I need to do the same thing. Everybody who has an ear needs to listen to what Jesus says. What is our heart like? What is in our heart? Is there something in there that shouldn't be there? Well, then we have a choice to make. We can walk out the door and forget about it, or we can deal with it. How do we deal with it? Well, we come to Jesus Christ, and allow Him to deal with it in the way that He has already dealt with it by dying on a cross for the forgiveness of our sins. So we need to reflect on our own hearts, and we need to do that often. Uh, We need to be reminded of scriptures like these so that we can look at our heart because there is all kind of evil there. Now, Jesus mentions quite a few evil things in this passage here. And I want to ask you to answer this out loud because that would be really awkward. But I want you to be honest because we got to be honest. See, sometimes I think we don't want we don't want to be honest with ourselves because because we're good church folks and we come pretty often and boy, that sounds bad if I admit that I do that, if That's in my heart. So we don't really want to be honest. But look, God already knows your heart. So as we think about these things this morning, just go ahead and be honest with yourself because that's when you can begin to seek the Lord and get forgiveness. If you don't acknowledge that you're a sinner, well, then how are you going to be forgiven? Now, Jesus points out some rough stuff on this list here. Now, the question that we could ask ourselves would be all of these questions that Jesus talks about. Uh, Have you ever had an evil thought? Don't raise your hand, don't answer out loud, just answer to yourself. Have you ever had an evil thought? Maybe you think that you hate someone or you you just wish some harm to come to them. Have you ever been sexually immoral in any way? Done some things you shouldn't have done? Looked at some things you shouldn't have looked at, perhaps? Have you ever stolen anything? Now, I'm talking about it any time in your life on these things. I ain't talking about it in the last seven years. This ain't like your FICO credit score. The bad stuff don't fall off after seven years. It's there. If you did it when you was a kid, if you did it 20 years ago, that sin, it's, it's still there if you haven't come to the Lord about it. So when we're going through these things, I ain't talking about, well, have you done it in the last week? I'm talking about, have you ever done this thing? Have you ever stolen anything, big or small? I remember once when I was a kid. In first grade, there was, this, there was this friend, Bradley Bledock. He had this little car. It was so cool. It had, it had six wheels on it. And I took it home to borrow it one day, and I borrowed it forever. <laughs> and I knew what I was doing. And, and so I think back at that, and I think, yep, I've stolen something. That's, that's not good. Uh, have you ever murdered anyone? Well, hopefully we have not. Hopefully we haven't ever murdered anyone in the flesh, but even Jesus acknowledges that on the Sermon on the Mount where he says, hey, look, uh, you you say it's a bad thing if you murder somebody, but but look, uh, even if you hate your brother, Jesus said that's a bad thing too. You're going to come under judgment for that. Have you ever committed adultery? Have you ever been greedy? Done something evil to another person? These are all the things that Jesus talks about in this passage. He's listing them off. These are the things Jesus said that defile us. Have you ever been stingy? Well, that's the one we don't think about very much, do we? Have we Have we ever been stingy in our life? Maybe we had the opportunity or means to help somebody. We passed by on the street or something, and we could have helped them. We could have showed them some love. We could have took care of them, and we didn't want to do it because we was too stingy. We didn't want to let go of that money or that material possession or whatever it may have been that we had. Have you ever blasphemed? That's a good one there. Oftentimes when we think of blaspheming the Lord, we think of just saying a curse word or using the Lord's name in vain. But when we talk about blaspheming the Lord, I think it's a little more to it than that. Anytime that we don't show God reverence or we, or we speak disrespectfully about Him or, or, or don't really have the respect or reverence when we say something and we, and we kind of have some false praise for the Lord, oh, praise the Lord, He is so good, when really in our heart we don't believe that or we don't care about it. We just say it because we're good church folks and that's what, we, that's what we're supposed to do. But when we say things that we shouldn't say about the Lord in a disrespectful or irreverent way, then we are blaspheming the Lord. Have you ever been proud, thought a little too much about yourself and how good you were? After all, you are pretty good. Who else could do the things you could do? Who's as smart as you are? Well, we think about those things sometimes. Maybe. Maybe you don't. I don't know. Maybe you do. Have you ever done anything foolish before? Boy, if you've, been, if you've managed to, sca- to scrape through with all these and you ain't been guilty of any of them, I suspect this last one probably is going to get any of us. Now, when we go through that list, if we're honest, if we're honest, if I were to ask everybody in here to raise your hand if you're guilty of one of those, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I might be shooting myself in the foot. Well, I I, I better not go out on a limb and shoot myself on the foot. I might fall. All right, I'm going to go out on a limb here, though, and I'm going to say that if I ask everybody in here to raise your hand if you have ever committed any of those sins, that probably everybody in here would raise their hand. So what does that say about us? Well, it says we're people who make mistakes. No, it doesn't. It says we're sinners. We like to say we make mistakes. That sounds so good. When we say we've, we've done a few of these, oh, I've been, I've, been, I've blasphemed the Lord. I've, I've done these evil things. I've, I've, I've stolen things. I have made mistakes. That's what we like to say because it makes us feel better. You know what I am because I stole that car from my friend in first grade? You know what that makes me? A thief. You ever stole anything before? You know what that makes you? A thief. Oh, it's just one little thing. A thief is somebody that steals a lot of stuff. Over a long period of time, expensive stuff. Not, not little toys when you were in first grade. We don't really like to call ourselves what we are. We like to say, I made a mistake. And that was a long time ago. So that's okay. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says if you steal something, you know what you are? You're a thief. And it's never okay. It's always sinful. So if I were to give a description to describe this church based on the things that I have just read, at least some of them, we make it be described like this. We are evil, sexually immoral, adulterous, murderous, proud, and greedy, blaspheming thieves. Welcome to church. Boy, that sounds pretty rough, ain't it? Anybody that's listening online to this, they say, and I ain't ever going there. That sounds rough, but you know what? That's exactly who we are. And to sum it up in one word, we are sinners. We are sinners because we do those things, and those things are within our heart, and those things are evil, and those things are dirty, and those things are nasty. Jeremiah, in chapter 17, verse 9, says, The heart is more deceitful than anything else, and incurable. Who can, underst- uh, and, incurable. Who can understand it? Well, that's a true statement. Our hearts are pretty wicked. If we're really honest with ourselves and look at those lists, boy, those, our, our, our hearts are pretty wicked because we do those things. But you know what Jeremiah says a few verses later? In 17, verse 14, he says, Heal me, Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved, for you are my praise. And Jesus, uh, excuse me, Jeremiah knows that our hearts are in a bad place. He knows that we have a heart condition and our hearts are wretched and that they are as bad as they can be, deceitfully wicked. So what does Jeremiah say? He calls out to the Lord and he says, Heal me, Lord. You see, all of those things are in our heart, but they don't have to stay in our heart. All of those things are going to be judged one day. All of those things are worthy of punishment. But praise the Lord that we can be forgiven of those things through Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord that we don't have to have a sick, dirty, nasty old heart for all of our life. Praise the Lord that we have a God that we can call to and we can say, heal me, Lord. I've looked at my heart and I see that it is full of stuff. I see that I'm I'm things that I don't even want to admit to, God, but I am just a sinner. And God, I need you to heal me. And you know what he'll do when you say that to him? You know what he'll do when you come to him with all your heart? You know what he'll do? He'll heal you. He'll take that black, nasty heart and he will make it as white as snow. He will make you clean and your sins will be forgiven. In Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 31, it says, Throw off all the transgressions you have committed and get yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. Why should you die, house of Israel? For I take no pleasure in anyone's death. This is the declaration of the Lord God. So repent and live. What does the Lord tell Israel to ask for there? What should they want? Well, they should throw off all of their transgressions, their sins. They should come to the Lord with all those things and get for themselves a new heart. The heart that we have before we come to the Lord is a bad heart. It's full of all kind of evils that spew out of us, evil thoughts that sometimes turn into evil actions. That's what our old heart's like. That's what our worldly heart is like. But the Lord says, look, you don't have to keep living that way. You don't have to keep living in sin. Get rid of those things. Throw off of those things. Repent of those things. I'll give you a new heart. Therefore, God says, repent and live. Isn't that good stuff? God says, I don't want anybody to die in sin. I don't want anybody to suffer the consequences of of death. Therefore, repent and live. That's good stuff. That's good stuff that we can come to the Lord and that we can say, Lord, I am wrong. I am sinful. I have really made some mistakes. But God, I'm coming to you now because I want you to forgive me. And I want a new heart. And when we do that, when we come to the Lord, He gives us a new heart. And then you know what can be said of us? What can be said of us is the same thing that Paul said of the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 11 and some of you used to be like this you see we've done those things we've had those evil thoughts we've been sexually immoral uh, we've stolen things we're thieves we're murderers we're, we're we're just full of all of these sins and Paul says to the Corinthians of these things and some of you used to be like this you used to be like this but you were washed you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Now, you have to ask yourself a question. Are you like this? Or did you used to be like this? When it comes to a a, a sinful, dirty, nasty heart, do you look at your heart and do you say, I am like this. I am like this and I've never put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I've never tried to seek the Lord, be faithful to him. I've never tried to be obedient to him. I've never uh, had my sins covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Well, if you look at your heart and you come to that conclusion, then you still are like that. You still got the old heart. You're still a sinful person. Or do you look at this verse and do you say, My heart's been changed. I got a new heart. I used to be this way. This is how I used to be, but now I've been washed. <coughs> Isn't that good? That's good stuff. Because you know, those things that are on our past, that are 20, 30 years ago, the devil will try to bring those things up sometimes, and he'll try to make us think, boy, you were you, you are so bad. Well, he's right. We were so bad. But when we come to Jesus Christ, we are made oh so good. Not because what we do, but because what He has done. Have you been washed by the blood today? Are you still living that life of sin? Or has your heart been forgiven? Now even for Christians, even for Christians, we've got to look at ourselves sometimes. Because there are probably some in here, you put your faith in Jesus Christ and you're following Him. And you may be guilty of some of these sins too, even right now. And we shouldn't be guilty of those things. And it's not right for us to continue in those things. But praise the Lord, we don't have to continue in those things. Even as a Christian, sometimes it's good for us to read these verses. Because as bad as these things are, and as much as we might not like to admit that we are sinners in this way, boy, we are sometimes. So we need to examine our hearts this morning. And we need to examine our heart and say, one, am I following Jesus Christ? And if you're not, you need to today. And if you are following him, you need to say, all right, Lord Jesus, I trust you and I believe you. But is there anything in here that shouldn't be there? Is there any darkness in there? Is there any sin in there? And if there is, then we need to give it to the Lord today. We need to do exactly what the Lord told the Israelites, repent and live. When we repent, when we come to the Lord, guess what? Our, our old heart goes away. Our heart is full of, full of blackness and darkness goes away. And we are given a new heart. And I hope today that when we leave this place, everybody will have a new heart. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning, and I thank you for these words, and I pray that you would help us to not fall into that trap of just being religious, dear Lord, and going through the motions and trying to look good on the outside. And dear Lord, we can fool everybody else, but we can't fool you because God, you're gonna be looking at our heart. And you know it. And God, deep down, we know it. And we know those things that are there that shouldn't be there. And so, God, I pray that we would be faithful to be honest and look at our lives. I pray that if there is one in this room, that's never put their faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, today they would do it. God, I pray today that they would just confess to you all of that evil and black and dark and soot and just nasty sin that's in their heart, dear Lord. God, you know it's already there. You already know it. God, I pray that you just would help them to repent of those things, to bring those things to you, and to seek Jesus Christ for forgiveness and to accept the blood that was shed on the cross for their behalf, dear Lord. Maybe there's some in here, and God, they're already yours, But maybe they've they've gotten off track, dear Lord, to put it it kindly, I guess. God, maybe we've just sinned, if we're going to say it how it is. And God, if there is some in here and we're living in sin or there's things in our heart that shouldn't be there, I pray that you would convict us of those things. Let us see those things, dear Lord, and let us repent of them. And God, I pray that you would help us to keep these words tucked away in our heart. God, I pray that we would always keep our hearts in check. And I pray that we would... Uh, remember these words in days than we need to. God, maybe you'll bring them to our heart and our mind in the, in the future sometime, dear Lord, when we need to hear them. And I ask these things in Jesus' name, amen.